This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. Does crooked matter anymore? We are the Blaze Radio Network, Excelsior. Well, I don't know about you, partners, and welcome back, best and brightest, to the Blaze Radio Network, one 888 900 one Does crooked matter? Is crooked a word that matters, concept that matters anymore? Today's news, such as it is, or anyone cares, it is today's headline, that the State Department auditor, and I can't explain all of these things to you, I just don't understand them, but there is evidently a State Department auditor which overlooks what the State Department does, which overlooks what someone else does, and then the auditor has someone else that overlooks what they do. But the State Department auditor, and this means it happened with Obama's Okay, the State Department auditor announced today that Hillary Rotten Clinton, in breaking the law, totally disregarded all of the legal guidelines for cybersecurity. She had to agree to, sign, literally sign on to, an agreement. She would comply with the cybersecurity laws of the United States, and she's crooked. She's a thief. In every way possible, she is crooked. And today, the auditor said this, and who cares? Who cares? Were it you or me, we'd be in the penitentiary. But it's Hillary Clinton, so it's, oh, ha! It doesn't really matter. Oh, <laughs> I've answered that. Oh, <laughs> that's in the past. Oh, that. <laughs> Voters are smarter than that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, really. So what does it matter in the long run? I would suggest to you nothing. I've said here from the beginning that we would know much earlier than this. Unless, of course, Obama turns out to be smarter than I think, which is very unlikely. Although, 
being smarter than I think he is wouldn't be much of a trick. So in any case, he could lay off Hillary anytime he wants. He just waves his finger at the Justice Department, yes? Or he lets it do what they're going to do or whatever. And I think the fix has been in for a very long time. But now you've even got the auditor of the State Department saying that Clinton broke all of these rules she signed up to before she ever broke other rules having to do with uh, national security and everything else. She is as crooked as any curved road you've ever seen. And as I say, were you and me, we'd be in a penitentiary. She has told her aides not to testify. Uh, she has refused to testify. The only reason you can refuse a request to testify before a congressional committee is Fifth Avenue, Fifth Avenue, <laughs> Fifth Amendment privileges against incrimination. They did not invoke those. These people just didn't show up. And they figured that's fine. Fine. Fine, peachy. You or me, we'd be in a penitentiary. So it's worth mentioning that uh, Crooked Hillary also is refusing to debate Bernie, Boiny, Boiny, Sanders in California. But I do wonder this for how long can Hillary in her current state? which is Bernie is essentially beating her. And without the superdelegates, Hillary Clinton would be in quicksand right now. You know it, I know it, she knows it. But because she has Bernie already locked away because of super, you know, Democrat superdelegates, well, they could change their minds, but it's not likely, but they could. But here's the thing. California's coming up. And isn't it rather the obligation of Hillary Clinton, you know, to show up for a debate with Boiny? I think it is. And, you know, I understand why she doesn't want to. Of course she doesn't want to. Were she my client, I'd say, yeah, over your dead body and mine. We're not debating anybody. Why should we go on what is a network opportunity you know, to hang you. No, we're not doing that. We're not we're not handing Bernie Sanders that opportunity. But if you're Bernie's people and the Hillary people need them, and maybe even if you're a Hillary person, you say to yourself, why not? I mean, why should we? Why should we? And that's how they're figuring it right now. They figure they have more to lose by speaking than by hiding. And that says a lot about her and a lot about the people who vote for her. She has more to lose by speaking than by hiding. So when you hear the front runner refuses to debate the challenger, what does that tell you? What's the only thing that that can say? But she continues to dodge it. I believe today's charges will mean nothing 
because Obama, her partner in crime, has already determined whether or not the Justice Department is going to go after her. And it ain't. You know it. I know it. And so all of this thing is interesting to us who happen to believe, to we who believe in law and order and other quaint notions. But Hillary Clinton, you know, is special. Special. So every time she's accused correctly of breaking the law, you will see, like last night on CNN, the mainstream media in high dudgeon into which they fall in full defense of Clinton when Trump brings up virtually anything. They all fall in behind Hillary, uh, like last night on television. But, you know, I, I mean, with that, this was to be expected and factored in. I don't like it. You oughtn't like it. But it is what it is. And the funny thing is, that despite all of those media advantages and prejudices, Hillary's going to lose. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. With you, my partners, 1 3393. So Hillary has evidently refused the offer, floating about for weeks, uh, finally made formal. HRC refuses the invitation to debate Boyne Sanders in and before the California primary. Now, you have a lot of people who are telling you that's a good idea or a bad idea. What do you think? I'll tell you what I think. Were I advising Hillary, I would say, don't do it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't do it. The last thing in the world you need is for a desperate mongrel, a mongoose, a desperate mongoose to get up there within striking distance of you on a stage. Somebody with nothing to lose, everything to gain, the mere fact he's on a stage with you gives him extra points. And you continue to get dragged left out of the election zone. He continues to attack. He continues to make you look, you know, what's the news out of that the next few days? Okay, even if they say Hillary wins, look at what they report. They have to report sound bites on both sides. They have to report uh, Bernie's accusations against you, right? So what, do you think it's going to be fair? If you go in there and you take them apart, You think the media is going to report it as Hillary takes Bernie apart? I don't think so. I think by virtue of the way journalism now works, I think if Hillary Clinton debated me, 
on Fox. They would make me look like I came very close to winning. And by the way, I would, God, I would love to debate her. I would slay her. But in any case, uh, she says she won't debate Bernie. Now, both sides considered here, right? On her side, as that four said, why should she give this clown, who's already giving her a fairly rough time, more attention and make it look like she's on his level or he's on hers and this is still a campaign? Why? She doesn't want to do that. That's the last thing. She wants him seen as a benign loser. Nice guy. I love him. Sorry he lost. But he lost. Okay. Why debate with him and revive the notion that he's viable, that he's in the race, that he could beat me, that he's got some good ideas? Why advertise that if I'm Hillary? On the other hand, best and brightest, Clinton refuses to debate Bernie. He has beat her in 15 of the last 20 primaries. He's killing her. All of the enthusiasm right now in the Democrat Party is for Boiney. As we are right now, he can't win because she has all the superdelegates tucked away. But then again, if she is seen as fearing to debate Bernie Sanders, I dare say that's the way she's seen right now. People will wonder whether she isn't taking the advice of her advisors on the other side who say, you know, no, don't don't do it, don't do it. Don't you don't you don't want him near you, don't get in the don't get in a cage match with him. I understand all those reasons. On the other hand, I know there are people for Bernie who are leaping with joy. Because while he wants the exposure and he wants the equivalence of appearing with Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Nixon. Oh, did I say Nixon? Uh, Mrs. Clinton. Uh, you know, this is a huge opportunity for him to score. And again, look kind of equal on the stage. But that's the choice for Mrs. Clinton. She either accords him a position of equivalence with her in a debate, and he probably beats the snot out of her, by the way, in a debate. And, or she says, yeah, I could do that, and I, and I could appear to everybody that I'm brave, and Bernie and I really have that much in common, and there's nothing to get excited about. All you Bernie supporters can enthusiastically be for me. There's that argument. And, of course, there's the other argument, which is she looks weak, and she is. She looks like she's hiding, and, in fact, she is. She looks like she doesn't do very well on one-on-one debates, and she doesn't. And she looks like she's afraid to face Boyne Sanders in a one-on-one, a truly mano-a-mano debate in California. Right now... I don't think it hurts her much. As we get down the line, I think that will hurt her.
these are both sides considered. I mean, Bernie's side, for obvious and equivalent reasons, very much wants to take a stage with uh, Mrs. Clinton. Very much wants to be seen as, you know, her equal and all this equivalency. And he wants a chance in front of California voters to make his case. But frankly, why should she do that? I've just stated both sides. I wonder what you think. one 3393 In any case, were I advising her, I'd say, screw him. Don't debate. It may be the obligation of a patriot, but come on, face it. You're no patriot. We know that. You know, you, so it's actually the obligation of a sucker, politically speaking. There's no way you give Bernie an hour and a half on stage with you, virtually no matter how that debate goes. You just don't do that. That is not a gift of legitimacy that you give him. That's not a gift of, you know, of uh, the imprimatur that you give him. You don't let him get up on a stage with you one-on-one in California. So there are both sides. Bernie desperately wants a debate. I understand why. Were I advising him, you were advising him, we'd want one too. Is she going to do it? She has said no, and I believe her. There is one caveat. If the pressure on her starts to mount in the media, which she used to count on, you know, as friendly witnesses, but if the pressure in the media mounts, like, why won't Hillary debate? Don't we deserve a debate? Yada, yada, yada. It's not impossible that there may be a debate, although... Guru Jay predict to you right now, if there is a debate in California that includes Clinton and Bernie, the Clinton side is going to demand that another candidate be included, one or two other candidates be included. All of a sudden, Mrs. Clinton is going to be of the mind that libertarian Gary Johnson and his pot program ought to be heard by the American people. So it's only fair that all three of us be heard. And if she could find a fourth person, she'll put them up there too. Not Trump. You know, she'll put somebody up there in order to dilute the entire thing, give her only about 35 seconds in which she has to actually speak and in which she has to address really nothing. And at the end of it, she could say, hey, we did it. We debated We move on to the election because that's all she's about. You know that. I know that. She just says, no, I'm not debating. But if she ever did debate, you know what she wants to do. She wants to be able to say at the end of it, okay, okay, that's done. That box is checked. I debated. Now I've done everything. I've defended my husband, my impeached husband. I've defended myself. I engineered Benghazi. I've covered up for Obama. I've done everything that's asked of me. And so now can we please see that it's my turn? Can we please get this hump out of the way and just vote for me? So, I mean, right now she's in a position of power such that she doesn't have to accede to, uh, to a debate. But 
It's really public opinion, not Bernie, but public opinion in the end that's going to determine this. And it would make a big difference in the, in the campaign. We want a debate. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We want a debate. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. With partners on the Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393. Did you see, uh, or you can well imagine, the high dudgeon into which the mainstream media falls, including a full defense, a full-throated defense of Hillary Clinton, when anybody on the other side, most especially Trump, brings up virtually anything against her. I give, by way of recent, though certainly not exclusive example, last night on CNN, uh, out front with Aaron Burnett, and believe me, if she's walking in profile, she is out front. Uh, but I, we, we won't. We don't need to get into that right now. Erin uh, Burnett, catch her while she's still cute on CNN. But they do have a show that runs, I think, against Greta on Fox each evening. And uh, frankly, the panel she puts together is sometimes a lot more illuminating than what I see on Greta. But uh, I'm then again, I've never been Greta's biggest fan. That's, you know, that's up to you. But do you observe with me the high dudgeon into which the mainstream media falls and their full-throated defense the moment anybody says anything about Trump? On CNN, the entire panel goes mental. They go mental. Even the people who are there, <laughs> labeled as Republicans, <laughs> <laughs> they all go mental. The Republicans say, well, yeah, Donald probably could have chosen better words. That That's the best he does. Whereas the other side says, he's a bastard. He should be in prison. And the so-called Republican defenders say, he probably could have chosen better words. In other words, it's a panel full of moronic detractors in any case. And when Trump brings up anything about the past, uh, which I played for you yesterday, when Trump decides to criticize not just Bill Clinton's past, but the fact that uh, Hillary Clinton was, as we know, 
played a, a crucial role in covering up the bimbo alerts, in threatening women, coercing them, paying them off, making sure they didn't speak. Last night, someone said, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I know this stuff is all in the past and we shouldn't talk about it anymore. Even though Clinton is impeached, even though Bill Clinton was impeached, the first elected president ever to be so in the United States of America, impeached is Bill Clinton. Yeah, we won't talk about that. But how about the fact, Mrs. Clinton, that you paid Paula Jones, and man, this is no fashion model. I'm just I'm just giving you some taste here, some hint as to Bill Clinton's taste in women. Well, you have the biggest hint, Hillary. And you've got another hint. You look at the women that he uh, abused. Uh, Paula Jones. Paula Jones, and I won't say anything about Paula Jones. Not criticize Paula Jones, but she got $850,000 from the Clintons. This was before they started stealing money. $850,000, which in Clinton money prior to a few years ago was a lot of money. I think it's a lot of money to you. It's a lot of money to me. I'd like to have it. But someone brought up last night, yeah, yeah, you're knocking us down here for bringing up anything, and you're saying that Clinton is totally innocent, yada, yada. But they did give $850,000 to Paula Jones in an out-of-court settlement to shut her up, right? And the host last night said, oh, now, come on. We're not going to dredge up the past. This is not fair. No, this is not fair. Wait a second. I thought Bill Clinton was going to run the economy. That's what Hillary says. So why should he receive less scrutiny than anybody else you might appoint to run the justice system or the monetary system or the entire economy? So Bill's going to run the economy, but we're supposed to ignore everything we know about him and not dare ask any more, right? Here is what's called Johornalism. Watch that panel on CNN, uh, 7 o'clock Eastern. You'll see what I mean. one 3393 one uh, the, I know we're jumping around a bit here, but it's all related. There's all a thread, as you know. And you may wish to change the subject at any moment. 242, 160, 80, and next, 30. 242. 160, 80, and then 40. What am I quoting? What are, what are those numbers to you? Those are the numbers of 
the most dangerous terrorists in the world. That our military, if you still believe in them, and I do, notwithstanding their commander-in-chief, the rank-and-file military, I've still got their back, and forever. And I think you could say the same. 242, 160, and next down to maybe 30. That's the number of Guantanamo detainees on a projected basis. Obama is going to close this bastard no matter how many terrorists he he unleashes on you and me. You know this, right? (laughs) You know, Obama said he's going to close Guantanamo. He's going to close Guantanamo. Not because it ought to be closed. We need to be bringing a lot more people in there. But, no, we're going to close it because it's mean and cruel. Obama is a swine. He is an un-American swine. And I mean it literally on both counts. He's going to unleash these terrorists on you and me. And as we learned, I don't know what percentage, but a substantial percentage of terrorists who are freed go back to immediately to the uh, Middle Eastern country that promises to hold them in check, to guard them. And two weeks later, they're back out on the campaign trail setting IEDs and trying to kill Americans. (laughs) But Obama made a promise, that swine, and the promise was to close Guantanamo. Never mind that it ought to be open and be adding to its numbers. You know, it's sending people back home. And in the case of some who may be the 30 to 40 most dangerous terrorists in the world, guess where they're coming? Guess where they're likely to alight? Yes, the United States of America. Probably the Southern District of New York, probably New York City or environs, where they will get free everything. Their own talk show on MSNBC. They will get everything. Plus, they will get millions and millions of build hours in political advice. And guess who pays for that? We do. We do. Because if you bring any of these scumbags to the United States, it immediately appertains that they will have American constitutional rights, just like you and me. Just like you and me. Which is an abomination. They will have, you know, the right to lawyers, the right to everything, everything. They'll say nothing. They'll say nothing. We won't get one conviction. And then they'll be released on the streets of New York and America. Is that what we like? Well... Then vote for the swine. 
Severin Show. With partners, 1 888 Welcoming Catherine from North Carolina. Yes. Hello, Jay. I don't hey, think Catherine. you remember me because it's been 100 years of the crawl. But anyway. Well, you don't have a very distinctive voice, so no, you know, I sir, would never. I do not. No, no, I'm incognito. <laughs> don't you understand? Ah, I see you add to the everlasting glory of your state uh, within oh, the last few God. hours. Not only really? the bathroom what are we requirements in a different time for all of us, but <laughs> also, also the elimination of the valedictorian salutatorian oh, tradition at your high schools, so which is only 200 years Piedmont old. People. They are Piedmont people. I'm all the way from the coast, and I still think the governor up there. You need to tell us up. what Piedmont people are, because even though I've Piedmont got some considerable... From, okay. Well, God, let me explain it to you. It would okay. be the uh, oh, the Piedmont people would be from like Winston Salem to like Goldsboro. That's the right. center of the state. Oh, center right. of the state, maybe that. Right, and, and I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble hearing Catherine. Brittany, you must be too. So we'll thank her for the call and welcome Bill. I'll uh, meet Bill in St. Louis. <laughs> hey, Jake. Uh, long-time listener, second-time caller, promoted to uh, to be able to get through a little faster the last time we spoke. Uh, first some levity, yes? Yes, first some levity. I, I, uh, I need to hold you uh, to some blackmail here because I've got uh, no less than three people on camera that uh, swear you were not the president of your civics class and that that's all a hoax. <laughs> That would be that would have to be the biggest scandal of my life. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, after all the boasting that I've done, if this wasn't true, I would be ruined, ruined. So oh my, oh there's a Nobel God. waiting, Bill. There's a Nobel waiting. There, no, I'm sorry, no, not Nobel. There's a Pulitzer Prize waiting. Do you think Obama could get me a Peace Prize for that? Uh, well, uh, Bill Clinton could give you a peace prize. <laughs> yeah, Bill uh, could. And maybe Obama could. Uh, you know, the the uh, the instant loss of any respect for the Nobel was, I thought, the day Jimmy Carter got it. But I thought maybe there was something I didn't understand. Then Yasser <laughs> Arafat got it. And I said, maybe there's something I don't understand. And then... 13 days into office, 13 days into office, Barack Obama got it. Yeah, well. And then I figured, Bill, there's something wrong. There's something up. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't. It doesn't mean you're peaceful or have brought peace. It's just uh, they want you to give them a peace. So, well, uh, anyway, in Clinton's case, yes. In Obama's yeah. case, it was it was peace on the come. You know, it was. Well, this guy says he's all about ending war, so let's not wait for him to actually end any wars. Let's give it to him now. And ironically, sure. he started more than his predecessors for half a century. Uh, to the reason that I'm calling, enough levity, um, I respectfully disagree with what you're saying in regards to bringing Guantanamo prisoners to the United States and giving them Bill of Rights uh, protection. Because, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I thought you had to be an American citizen to be afforded those rights. Not the way it is currently being interpreted. Well, which is a catastrophe in and of itself. Uh, no, if they bring one of these scumbags to the United States, the minute they cross, the minute they cross into American airspace, they can stop talking, lawyer up, say nothing, counter sue. They're going to write a book and have a talk show on MSNBC. I promise you. You do not bring these scumbags. You put them in military tribunals offshore. You bring them to the United States, we lose. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. A single word occurs. Excelsior. Welcome back. Best and brightest. The Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin with you. one 888 And here's an alert. I'm about to say something unkind. And as you know, I, I generally don't say things unkind. Mocking, lacerating, wicked, yes. But unkind, no. Uncharitable, never, I trust. But here's one. When I finish our show, I join my family, and uh, they are kind enough to uh, tolerate my professional viewing habits. And so I say goodnight. I go into the living room, and I turn on uh, Fox and watch The Five. Although, I must admit, Though I have watched The Five virtually every single day that they have been on the air. I guess that's, what, two years now? I've watched them virtually every day they've been on the air. They have grown stupider and less less relevant and certainly less patriotic. And the thing is, less intelligent. Less intelligent than they were. 
Eric Bowling is now the equivalent of Juan Williams. One is a left-wing moron. The other is a right-wing moron. And I'm ashamed to say that the left-wing moron is smarter than the right-wing moron. One thing you cannot have in entertainment is utter predictability. And when you listen to the jive on Fox, what you get is Eric Bowling, who has been Donald Trump's whore from day one. Day one. And you know what? I can live with that. I just want reason. I just want smart. I just want reason. I want to learn something. I just finished an 18-hour shift preparing for this show. I just want smart. And the only time I get smart is like last night when I swear to God, the five must be listening to my show. I don't rule it out. I don't think it's likely. I don't think it's likely because I think none of them are, with the uh, exception of Greg Gutfeld, are sufficiently intellectually curious to seek out other than the most pedantic, uh, predictable sources informing their opinions. But I, I listen every night. Do you? If you listen to this show and then you listen to The Five, is it like they listened to this show and took the transcript and read it? I suppose I should be proud. I'm not. I'm pissed off. Because they do that partially, but mostly they're idiots. Idiots. Painful idiots. Painful idiots. Juan Williams is an acquaintance of mine of 20 years. I love him. He's an idiot. Now, I don't know that he's dumb, but when I say idiot, that's to me someone who toes the party line no matter what. Juan Williams will defend the left no matter how wrong they are, how often in the face of any evidence. Juan Williams is just without any intellectual integrity as far as, again, as far as I'm concerned, my opinion. So when Juan opens his mouth, that's when I can speak to my family. There are certain moments my family knows we can speak during certain shows I watch. They know that during breaks, they le- they've learned where the breaks are coming, and so they know, okay, here comes a break. We can, we'll uh, talk to Daddy. We, they also know uh, they've learned uh, uh, quite uh, uh, quite spectacularly that like when they can, you know, when we can converse when the show is on. Anytime Juan Williams is speaking, it's fair game to speak. Our family is speaking to each other. Anytime. Juan Williams is saying anything. Ditto's Eric Bowling. Why? The, the, he is dumber than a box of effing rocks. I, I, and you know he's on my my quote unquote side because he's supposed to be the conservative. Great. Let him be on someone else's side. I'm sure he's a very very nice guy. I'd like to talk to him about his baseball career. 
I would like to know as much as he knows about his financial career. But as a pundit, as someone who is presented to us every day on national television as knowing anything about politics, it isn't the five. It's the zero. It's the less than zero. And no one makes it less than zero than Eric Bowling makes it less than zero. The guy is dumber than a box of dirt. Listen. No, listen, don't listen to me. Listen. Listen to him. And then who do we have? Dana Perino. Wow. Dana Perino, who seems to think that she can claim IQ and political standing in the conservative libertarian community by having served as mouthpiece for whom? George Bush. George Bush. Junior, that is. You know who had a press secretary as smart as he was? George Bush Jr. See what I'm saying? And Dana Perino, here's a great sin, a great sin, a great, great sin, and you must recognize it. The Five is not conservative. The Five may be on Fox. The Five is Fox's least conservative show. The Five is Fox's least common sense show, as far as we are concerned. Juan Williams, communist. Eric Bowling, idiot. Dana Perino, sub-idiot, posing as conservative. It broke my heart when I heard that she was invited to Mark Zuckerberg's convention. Perfect, perfect for Zuckerberg. What better than to have the PR presentation of saying, hey, I had conservatives here to tell me what they think is wrong. Dana Perino, conservative? I'm Again, don't listen to me. Listen to her. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. And I don't do this. I like Fox. I know Mr. Ailes. I revere him. I want to go back to work there. I, 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 I'm gaining nothing by telling you this other than being absolutely heartful with you. Honest, sincere with you. The five? No, the jive. Juan Williams is an idiot. Now, whether he's an idiot or he has just decided to forsake his integrity and be a liberal sop is, I don't know, maybe he's made that decision. But in terms of gaining anything thoughtful or reasonable from Juan Williams, who, again, I've met, I like to think we were friends, he is a left-wing tool, a left-wing tool, and when he reasons as such, a moron. Then you move to Eric Bowling, who is a right-wing moron and isn't even as smart as Juan Williams. 
Then we move to Dana Perino, who is, oh, oh, the conservative, the conservative, because she served George Bush. Don't listen to me. Listen to her. Listen to her. Listen to the five for two, maybe three nights, maybe one, maybe one segment. And learn, it is the most liberal broadcast Fox has. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Finishing up, if I might, on the jive, the five on Fox, uh, which happens at the end of our show, Eastern Time. Sometimes sitting in for Juan Williams is Geraldo Rivera. Now, I've known Geraldo for many years, and I like him. Uh, he is one of my communist friends. Uh, I like Geraldo, although we agree on virtually nothing. I mean, our instincts on anything at any given moment are virtually guaranteed to be polar opposites. And uh, that's how he is on the show, as far as I'm concerned. But he is gentlemanly. He is mostly reasonable. He is generally wrong. But... I'd rather have him there every day because he represents a kind of genteel, reasonable, and sometimes laser smart because he's he's no fool, uh, is Geraldo. A laser smart uh, opinion and a body of experience. So Geraldo I can take even though sometimes you want to smack him. Uh, at least the whole thing with Geraldo is he would smack you back. He would take you outside and smack the snot out of you, and I like that about him. I, I, used, to, I used to do Geraldo's show, and I would go out with him after the show. We'd hit a couple of bars. We'd go back to his apartment, and believe me, there were a couple of times, and not, not, just, not just he and I, he'd bring a bunch of people, and there were times I really thought, he was going to drag me out of his home and smack the snot out of me. I like that. No, he's passionate. He's smart. He's wrong. But he's passionate and he's smart. And that makes him better than Juan Williams. Moving around the table, after the conservative Dana Perino. Yeah. We have uh, Greg Gutfeld. Hold on. I think I have something here for Greg. Greg Gutfeld is, uh, when I describe myself, when my agent describes me to other interested radio networks, he says, Jay's a combination of John Oliver 
John Stewart, Greg Gutfeld, maybe Bill Maher. I would welcome, by the way, I would very much welcome your input on that matter. Other than, you know, a-hole and the other answers I'll get, if if you think if there's anyone else that's known better than I, of whom I remind you, please do tweet me that. J-A-Y underscore doohickey, S-E-V-E-R-I-N. I'd like to know. Because my agent is, uh, you know, agents always talk with other people. And they say, well, you know, I forget. What's he like now? I, I, know, I know him, but what's he like now? And my agent says, he's John Oliver, but right rather than left wing. He's funny like John Oliver. He's funny like John Stewart, only he's right rather than left wing in perspective. You know, and it's basically laugh and learn. I've always hoped that. I've always hoped that was our bumper sticker. In any case, you let me know. Is there someone anywhere in media that, you know, I, I should be saying that to, to people, yeah, he's like this. Uh, I'd appreciate the tip. But Greg Gutfeld is someone that I've encouraged my agent to add to the list. I I think I would proudly and should be proudly willing to be included on a list that includes Greg Gutfeld of Fox and of the five. He embodies for me the combination of lightning quick change from seriosity to cheap laughs that happens to be me. And I I regard him as a soulmate, uh, though I know he's spoken for. No, I regard him as a soulmate stylistically. And therefore, unsurprisingly, I rate him uh, in his performance on The Five as not only brilliant, and he is, but really the only person you should listen to. I'm, you know, and that leaves, uh, well, in, in sometimes in Greg Gutfeld's seat, they have this dope, this redheaded dope. He, I'm just, this guy is so lucky that he has found work that I don't mean to be cruel, but, but I can't believe he's working. The fact that he's working holds out hope for Anybody, anybody that wants to work in show business, okay? The guy, the carrot top that fill, with the dumb sneakers that fills in, you know, twice a month. Uh, th- th- this is hope for anyone listening. If you are in an institution listening right now, there is hope for you to perform on national television because this redheaded guy is there and I think has his own show. I mean, never mind it runs at 3 a.m. on Sundays. He's on. Someone looked at him and said, there, there's there's talent. There's talent. We need him. Okay? Never give up. Never give up. If he gets a show, you get a show. Okay. We move around the table. And uh, finally, do we finish with Kimberly Guilfoyle? 
I don't quite know what to say about Kimberly. Uh, I know that she's smart. You could see that she's smart. You can absolutely see that she's smart. And that can't be, in my book, that can never be discounted. She is a wise ass. She is a smarty cake. She is smart. She is wise. She's articulate. She is thoughtful. She is quick. She is like everything you want someone on a show like that to be. Except. Except that she is afraid to really ever take positions because she's making the mistake I made in my first few years in TV, which is, well, you know, all the people around here will like you a lot more if you don't look right wing. So try to balance everything you say. Kimberly's fault is that she's got the governor on. She needs to take the governor off. In terms of the spontaneity of her conversation, first rate. She's sassy. She's smart. She is forward-looking. I hate her hair. I hate her makeup. I hate her wardrobe. And I hate her hooker shoes. But the fact is, she is extremely bright, and she is a credit to that panel, even though we don't often disagree. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm uh, finishing a tweet here. Uh, hold on. I have to spell. So it will take a second. Arc-I-Tectual. I get it? Arc-E-Tectual. Arc. I may have to give up. arc E-tectual. I'll have to give it up to like find out how to spend art. Someone said, as for, uh, who did they say? Hold on. Oh, as for Kimberly Guilfoyle on the five, uh, moments away on your Fox station, uh, they said that they, they thought the best part of the show was her low-cut, Gowns every night, her wardrobe, her décolletage. And uh, I would just say that I think there's a lot, uh, my opinion, I think there's a lot of architectural help going on there. If you know what I mean, and I think you do, I think there's a lot of architecture, a lot of constructive architectural help going on there but also bear in mind you've never seen her stand up I don't want to say anymore because I've said the most important thing that ever requires saying it's one thing to see someone on TV from the waist up and before I was a happily married man I dated or thought about dating a number of of women on television and did but the ones i pursued 
and broke off of the pursuit is when I learned that I had never seen them stand up. So, a word to the wise. If these are among your ambitions, make sure, that no matter in what walk of life, and it's up to you, you know, I, it's up to you, but according to my standards, make sure you see them stand up and walk before you see them only from the sternum up. Because women on television are designed, picked, choreographed, embalmed, prepared to look to you to be Greek goddesses from the sternum up and often just from the clavicle up. There are exceptions. When there are exceptions, the sets generally display that, by the way. You see this, You see Megyn Kelly's set? You could see Megyn Kelly's legs. You could see all of Megyn Kelly. You know why? Because she has the body of an 18-year-old cheerleader at Stanford. That's why. So when you could see, you could see Megyn Kelly because they're selling it. Because you could see her legs. You could see her hips. She stands up. She's got the body of a 17-year-old boy on a lacrosse team. Only she's really pretty. Okay? So... That's why. Look at Megyn Kelly's set. That's what you look at. Look at the sets. Look at the settings, derivative of sets, the settings in which they place the women, especially on Fox, and now to some degree on uh, CNN. You think that Aaron Burnett, what is Aaron Burnett, the daughter of Walter Cronkite? You think Aaron Burnett, all of a sudden came out of nowhere reporting on hurricanes in Sioux City, South Dakota. All of a sudden, she's a network anchor at CNN in prime time. You think that's because Aaron Burnett has journalistic... I'm sorry, Aaron. You think think that's because of Aaron Burnett's journalistic chops? I mean, it's okay if you do. I could be wrong, but I kind of think... It's because she is very, very cute, uh, young, meaning very, very cute, and still shapely. And speaking of shapely, probably has the greatest pair of knobs on network television. And if that seems in any way inappropriate to you for me to say, Grow up. Look at how they present Aaron Burnett every night. Aaron Burnett out front. Oh, okay, that's just a coincidence. Look at Aaron Burnett and look at her wardrobe. This is the breast wardrobe. You want to see the the want to see the breast? Not best. The breast wardrobe in network national television. Aaron Burnett out front, CNN, every night, 7 o'clock Eastern time. What, do you think that's a mistake? You think they haven't been climbing on Greta in the ratings because Aaron Burnett is hot? Come on, come on, come on. We're real here, right? Are we being real? Are we here to be real? We're here to be real. Okay. 
The news is what counts, but how it's presented ain't unimportant. And you know what it is? Is sex sells. That's what it is. Why is Megyn Kelly the biggest star at Fox? Because she has the biggest journalistic chops there of anyone. She has bigger journalistic chops than Chris Wallace. She has bigger journalistic chops than Britt Hume. Come on. Come on. Why is why is Megyn Kelly the face and the future of the Fox network? Because she's acquiring chops like Chris Wallace, but Chris Wallace can't acquire breasts or blonde hair because it's entertain that's entertainment. It's entertainment. It's news, but it's entertainment. And that's why we see the people we see on TV, with exceptions. Here's one. Myra Lyerson, Lyerson, of NPR. She is often on... Uh, the show, the six o'clock report with Brett Bear. It's the best, maybe only, true network television broadcast with the news anywhere, any night on television. Six o'clock Eastern Time, Fox. Brett Bear. He is superb at what he does. It's a superb show. It comes the closest to when I sat down with my dad. And I did every night, every night. It was time for network news. I think it was 6 o'clock or 6.30 Eastern. And good evening, this is Walter Cronkite. Good evening, this is Huntley Brinkley. Good evening, this is John Chancellor or whoever it was. That was the news. And there are flaws there. It wasn't always the news, was it? But... That's how I grew up, and that's my standard. With certain necessary accommodations. But that's news. Mira Liason of National Public Radio is on several nights on um, with Brett Bear on the panel. The best part of that show, the panel. When George Will is there, stop everything. I pull out all the plugs in the house except the one to the television when George Will is on. When George Will is speaking, nobody, even me, speaks because it's it's a chance to learn something. But on several nights, Mira Liason of NPR appears, and I was thinking last night as I listened to her, as I listened to her run off at the mouth, There are those of us listening to her, and you're thinking, hmm, she's smart. She's smarter than I. You think she's smarter than you? You think she's smarter than you? You know, you ought to. You ought to. Because she's on NPR, and you're not. So I understand why you think she's smarter than you. I've got news for you. 
she ain't smarter than you, and she is the big, the biggest ignoramus as has ever appeared in American media. She was on Fox last night, and she thoroughly humiliated herself, her co-panelists, her network, and and American journalism. She is a dope. She doesn't know anything. She was on Fox last night spouting the most ignorant garbage about Guantanamo Bay, about which she has absolutely no understanding of how the system works. Oh, this is a good thing. Do you think it's a good thing, Mara? Oh, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, uh, Barack Obama promised this, and and so he wants to close Gitmo, and so that's a good thing for him to close it. Well, what about the 60% of the people, once they were released, that went back in the field and killed Americans? Well, we can't really know that. And why should we bring back the past? You know, I mean, this is something that uh, progressive, that Obama wants to... Uh, Mira Eliason is on NPR. You're not. You think she's smarter. She's an idiot. She is ignorant of the law. She is ignorant of our system. She is ignorant of politics. She is ignorant of television. She goes on and says things that are dangerous because someone like you or me might think this woman has any idea what she's talking about, like she's smarter than us. She's an idiot. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, partners. I am delighted to see there is rather more interest in my ravings on the physiques of some of the female anchors than uh, I would have expected. I mean, I can't, I mean, I'm not going to talk about the males because no one does. I mean, every male on TV looks exactly the same. The young guys who are cut, you can tell who they are. But you know what? Because of how they seat them, how they set them, how they light them, and that the fact they're all like cookie cutters, you can't tell. Every guy on television looks the same. Every girl on television doesn't. And so, you know, I've decided to make a lifelong study uh it is somewhat now more academic than it was when I was a single fellow. Then I was able to do hands-on archaeology. <laughs> Get it? You know, like an archaeological dig? Uh, yeah. Well, but, okay. Uh, sorry, honey. Uh, uh, you know, but now it's more like I'm limited to in a way, which is good, the same tools that you have, which is just watching. And the difference is that a lot of us don't watch with the same sick uh, motives that I do. But 
I'm constantly, hey, look, TV has made, you know, I don't, you know, boy, okay, I'm ready to debate this with Roger Ailes on his own network tomorrow, and I love the guy, okay? I named him because he's a genius, okay? The only other genius than I that came immediately to mind when it comes to TV. TV has made us a proposition. You watch us, and we're going to give you eye candy. Oh, yeah, we'll give you information, but we're going to deliver it through the working Walt Disney animatron statues of perfect people. You you watch us for the news, but you watch us because you like the way Bill Hemmer looks. You like the way Brit Hume looks. I, I don't. I'm about to throw up that I'm even mentioning boy names. I watch the news because I like the way that Aaron Burnett looks. That's why I tune in. I don't like the way Greta looks, so I watch Aaron Burnett. I'm going to get the same freaking information, whichever I watch. But TV has made a deal. I accept the deal. Do you? I'm, I accept the deal. Their deal is, we'll give you information and entertainment, and we'll make you watch by figuring out who you are and from whom you want to see it delivered. And our part of the deal is to watch. Their part of the deal is to get, Fox's part of the deal is to give me a, seri- a series of leggy blondes, as many of them as possible beautiful and busty, in order to watch that news come from. So I'm in. I'm in. I'll buy in. Do you buy in? As long as, and you know what? The networks that give us this, they get big ratings. The networks that give us the same news that everyone else has, but they give it to us through people that look like Megyn Kelly or Aaron Burnett. Guess what? We watch them. Same news from someone ugly we don't watch. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.